Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. I am Matt. It is Tuesday, November the 23rd. 23rd. Yeah, November the 23rd. Um, And it's actually a really, really, really big news week when it comes to Disney because we had D23 over the weekend. And with D23 came a bunch of announcements. And then Disney tried to jam a couple little silent ones through on us. And it didn't work because we saw them. And we're going to talk about them. Um, also tonight we're going to have a pre-recorded interview with Peter from Princesses and the Mouse, uh, Disney Travel from earlier today. Wanted to bring him on to talk about a couple of things. Mainly the big thing that was, you know, the title of this week's video, the vaccine mandate for Disney Cruise Lines. Um, talk about the annual passes and the hold that Disney put on them and where we think this is coming from. So we'll get to that interview here in a little bit. Um, but first off, want to say thank you. Um, thank you to everybody that listens to the podcast. We passed the 5,000 uh, listen mark this week and really just kind of blown away. We wanted to try and get to the, by the end of the year. We got there about a month early, which is 
awesome. Um, really, really cool. Really, really appreciated. Um, and then the other thing that we got to is um, we hit kind of um, kind of like a groove on YouTube over the last week. And our goal for the year was to get the YouTube channel to about 5,000 views. Um, and in the last about week, we've had 3,600. Um, so we've gone from about 4,500 views to over 8,000 views in a week. Thank you, everybody that's jumping over on the YouTube channel. New subscribers. We've had 13 new subscribers this week. Um, and then just a ton of new views, a ton of new likes. You know, well over 200 likes on videos this week. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that's doing that. Um, very much appreciated. And it's, it's awesome to have that kind of support. Um, when you're doing stuff like this, because, you know, I, I put this stuff out. Peter puts this stuff out for you guys to like, for you guys to enjoy, for you guys to consume. And I think it um, goes without saying that you guys do like and do consume it. So, again, thank you very much. So, getting into the news tonight, um, we do have, like I said, a lot of news. Let's start with D23. D23 was over the weekend, and it's usually the big announcement center when it comes to Disney parks. Um, Josh Damaro was the lead speaker. He came out rather casually in a, like a zip-up hoodie, a Mickey Mouse shirt, and one of the new Magic Band Pluses on his wrist. And that was really um, kind of a cue to announce that Magic Bands are coming to Disneyland next year. Um, something that Disneyland's really never had. So Disneyland is going to have the ability for Magic Bands. Um, so that means they're going to be putting a lot of touch points in. Touch points at all the rides, touch points to get into the parks, that kind of stuff that the Magic Band Pluses will um, communicate with. Also, they talked about Disneyland Paris's 30th anniversary that's going to be happening next year. A lot of cool things going on with that. And also the Avengers Campus coming to Disneyland Paris next year um, should be open in the summer of 2022. Um, some stuff in Shanghai Disney and with The Wish. Shanghai Disney is getting a Zootopia area. They were, gave you a look at some of the animatronics. And they announced the two Wish shows that will be on The Wish. Seas Adventure um, that's going to feature Captain Minnie. And then a Little Mermaid show um, that it, Disney Cruise shows are supposed to be some of the best um, around. So we will see um, if and when we go cruising in March. Let's see, what else did we get? Um... Disneyland Tower, uh, the Disneyland Hotel DVC Tower is projected to open in 2023. I don't think that's a big surprise. We've known that for a little while. Artists are, um, the Walt statue Dreamers Point is still happening at Epcot. They showed some renderings of that. Guardians of the Galaxy, we got some new photos, got a poster, and then we got a estimated opening of summer of 2022, which means it will open in the fall of 2023. Um, the way that Disney is going with construction projects right now. Uh, electric Umbrella is getting in place by Connections Cafe. Lots of stuff with the Galactic Star Cruiser. I'm not going to get into that. We're going to have our own episode on the Galactic Star Cruiser here soon because we're going to get a lot of this information coming out over probably the next month and a half. So we're going to put something together with all of the Galactic Star Cruiser information. Tron really got the brush off said just coming soon project progress is being made and tron is coming soon thanks disney 
That's awesome. Um, Magic Band Plus, Project Expo. Let's see. Oh, uh, shows. Lots of shows, lots of parade news. So, Disneyland, World of Color, Fantasmic, um, Main Street Electric Light Parade. All coming back in 2022. Um, really no dates. Phantasmic's coming back to Hollywood Studios in 2022. Well, no date provided. We, we're going to hope it's 2022. With three new scenes. And the rumor is, is they're getting rid of the Pocahontas scene to add a scene that has Moana. Um, what did I say? Moana, Coco, and something else, I think. Uh, yeah, just... A lot of new show coming back. Um, so the Magic, Magical Friendship Fair that used to be on the castle stage is coming back. It's going to have a 50th anniversary edition. So like I said, just a ton of things coming out from the parks. Uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom is bringing back the Nemo musical called Finding Nemo, The Big Blue and Beyond. It's going to take place in the timeline of Finding Dory. Yeah, just... Just a ton going on with D23. With that being said, D23 wasn't the biggest news. And they really tried to hide it at as the biggest news. And I, and I think that was a bad move. Because people that kind of follow Disney and follow what they do and, and really stay up with it really caught two big things that happened. One happened shortly before. This happened Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Disney Cruise Line um, sent out an email to all people with existing reservations for their cruises stating that all guests five and over will need to have a vaccine prior to boarding the ship. Okay. Um, the other big news was Disney decided to put annual passes on hold for world and land two land I don't remember if it was land two I know for world um let me check real quick because I can't remember if it was land two uh Disney World pausing some new sales of its animal passes pirate sorcerer and incredible pass so the three highest tier passes aren't being sold anymore um, and Peter and I will talk about that here um, when we get into that pre-recorded segment. Um, but they did bring renewals online again. So if you need to renew a pass or if you need to add a pass to an existing family, so you have a child that was not three that has turned three and needs an annual pass now, you have the ability to do that. Um, so yeah. And then tickets are not being sold uh, due to lack of park reservation availability for November 22nd, 23rd, 26th. Uh, mainly a lot of the busy dates. So just, you know, if you are trying to plan a last second trip, definitely check out to see if you can get those park pass reservations before you do that. Because there aren't a lot of, not a lot of availability. So... We will, um, we will check that out and, and kind of get back to you as, as we see what's going on. So, with that being said, 
let me go to the interview um, that I had with Peter earlier. We talked, like I said, earlier today um, just to get some um, get some feedback on him because I wanted to kind of play off of him, good cop, bad cop, with a couple of things that were going on with the park. So let me get over to that interview. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, just busy tonight, so I wanted to make sure to get on here and talk about some things Disney-wise. Um, unfortunately, yeah, so- wasn't able to be there last week to talk through your trip with you. but uh, Eventually, we'll get back to like a normal where we can just do the show. And <laughs> Yeah. We're both busy. We're both busy. Um, so a few a few different things going on at Disney. Um, really, here in the last couple of weeks, the big one that I wanted to touch on was the change in vaccination status for the Disney Cruise Lines. So Disney announced last week that not only are all adults need all adults need to be vaccinated, now they're recommending and requiring all children five to eleven be vaccinated before going on the cruise line as well. You know, kind of give me your thoughts on that. And then I'm going to kind of go a little bit off the rails with it. Um, So I was going to have a little bit more information going into this, but uh, just give me your thoughts on it to start. So we will warn Ozzy Osbourne of possible copyright infringement because you're going to (laughs) go off the rails. Um, You know, so I obviously... uh, you know, you and I don't talk a lot about vaccination preferences and things like that, but I, um, you know, I saw that news break and I did, I I did know that, um, you know, you have not made that, that personal choice at this point yet, um, due to, you know, a variety of reasons. And so as soon as I saw that news, I don't know if you had seen it before I sent it to you, but I like immediately read the email. I was like forward to Matt, um, because you obviously need to know being uh, obviously a DPI host, but also going on a cruise in March yeah. uh, this upcoming year. So um, very pertinent information for you, for sure. So just on a standpoint of like, why would you make that decision? And does it make sense? Because I think that's where you want me to weigh in before. Cause I know you have very strong emotional feelings about the decision. So I don't, okay. So in terms of the decision, does it make sense? Well, it does from the standpoint that you're about to pack several hundreds of people into a relatively confined space for anywhere from, you know, three to seven days. 
and you're pretty much just going to be in with those people. Um, so I, I get why they would say, you know what, we're going to require vaccination so that if somebody, you know, because because that's what the vaccination does. The vaccination, it doesn't keep you from getting sick in the same way as like, you know, getting the flu vaccine doesn't keep you from getting the flu. The, the trick to the vaccine is that if you do get it, it pretty much takes the severe hospitalization off the table. If you go right now and look at all the emergency room statistics and the people in critical care, you're going to find out that like 99 and a half percent of the people that are in intensive care for COVID related cases are unvaccinated at this point. And you might have people re requiring hospitalization and treatment and stuff, but their symptoms are far less. And so like, that's the advantage of the vaccine is, is to hopefully mitigate and take out the, the mortality of it all. And so to do this does make sense because even if there were some breakout cases on the ship, you still don't risk getting them to the point where they're so deathly ill that you need to like flight them to the nearest hospital or whatever else. And so, you know, to that standpoint, sure. Does it make sense? I get it. Um, at the same token though, with what they were doing of either providing or getting a negative test within moments of boarding, boy, that had already seemed like you had minimized a lot of the risk because at that point, your only chance is that somebody contracted within like the last day and the virus just hadn't built up enough to produce a positive test by the time you take it just before boarding. Okay. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right here. Okay. Because first off I have made that decision now to have, to be vaccinated. So oh, I did not know that. Yet. Yeah. So that's, that, that's completely off the table where, where my big kind of negativity towards this is, is when you talk about the testing and then transmission and, Basically, how how severe is it through a child? You know, we're, we're talking about kids ages 5 to 11. So anybody over 11 is getting vaccinated that goes on this cruise. Children 5 to 11 typically don't show symptoms, don't get it severely, and don't transmit it at the, at the same rate as even vaccinated um, adults. Yeah, correct. So we're exactly. so we're, we're not even looking at statistics here. We're just kind of blanketing. Oh, CDC said it's okay for children to get vaccinated, so we want all these kids to get vaccinated to go on our cruise ship. Yeah, if and you can get it, get it is now the the blanket yeah. policy. So they're they're foregoing the testing. So it, they're not protecting anybody because people that have COVID can be vaccinated. We've talked about breakthrough cases, so they're not even they're not even doing the testing part anymore right so now so, you could have breakthrough cases but your butt is covered because you as a company did everything you could to ensure that the people on your ship were as healthy and safe as possible based on cdc guidelines but how how is this any different and and i i'll, I'll say time frame is the only thing that we can't use here. How is this any different from 55,000 people on Main Street for Enchantment every night at 
world right now? Well, yes, agree with that statement, but I would also counter back and say, yeah, but that's not the same as thousands of people crammed onto the same boat for an extended period of time versus out in the open air for an hour and a half. Like I said, we're talking time frame, but if you think about a Disney World day, you know, we could even go a vacation, but a Disney World day, you know, you're going into restaurants with people, you're, you're going into queue lines with people, you're going, you're packing in for uh, cavalcade, you're packing in for fireworks shows, you're doing a lot of things in close quarters with a lot of people. Why, why is this any different than going on a cruise line? I mean, it's the same thing. You're going to shows, you're going out on a pool deck, you're going, you're doing things with people, but it's, they're not taking the same steps to protect cast or anything like that on either one. It's like for, Hey, we know that we're going to make a ton of money at Disney world. So we're just going to lessen our restrictions there. But we know that we're doing a lot more on, you know, limiting crowd size. And there's still a lot of people that are very timid about cruising right now. So we're going to make it as strict as possible and only get those select few that want to do this. So I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. I'm going to offer this counterpoint for you to consider. So Disney World is in the state jurisdiction of Florida, which we can agree is one of the laxed, the most lax states regarding COVID restrictions, COVID requirements, COVID mandatory whatevers. Yes. Right? A cruise and Disney Cruise Line is under a much larger jurisdiction and being controlled by different CDC guidelines and different CDC controls in order to get the cruise lines up and running again. So to talk about the the things in place at Disney World and then transmit that to Cruise Line and say, well, you're not doing this here. Why are you doing it here? They're under two completely different guidelines. If you look at what Disneyland is doing compared to Disney World, you're going to find different ways that they're managing, dealing and different policies because there you have Disneyland in one of the, let's say, most restrictive managements of covid versus disney world and one of the least restrictive managements of covid so i I think the cruise line is it's beyond what disneyland's doing but that's because the the cruise industry and the cdc have a different relationship of trying to get it reopened than they they do but there's there's nothing in the cdc guidelines for cruises that says everybody has to be vaccinated well, I understand that. I, I, I do. And like I said, I, I 100% agree that, boy, does a 5 to 11-year-old need to be vaccinated? I think definitely there you get to, you know, first of all, vaccinated. Yes, I'm vaccinated. Um, and I'm not immunized, Aaron Rodgers. I'm vaccinated. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Um, we think. We're, we, we, we think yeah. we're vaccinated. Yeah. As, as, a, Packer, as a Packer fan, I can, I can say that. <laughs> Still love them, but yeah. So I have received multiple shots in my arm with a COVID-19 vaccination from Pfizer. And, but at the same point, like I still fully support and believe that like it's America. So you have a personal choice. I, I still stand by like, 
company and governmental overreach of requiring certain things that, you know, and, and then the same token, you go, yeah, but you're required to be vaccinated against measles and mumps and rubella and polio and diphtheria. And the list goes on and on and on. And you go, yeah, but you can't go to school without it, but all you do is fill out an exemption form and then they have to let you go. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, it, it, it's just such a weird thing, right? Because for the most, we can be, we can probably agree with one another that for the last 18 months, we've sort of been like making it up as we go. You know? The, yeah. And that, I think that's the biggest issue is, you know, you hear from the government and you hear from all these industries, Oh, we're letting the science guide us, but there's no science. They're not looking at statistics. They're not looking at the science. They're, they're kind of guessing at who's the loudest population and then kind of going with them to, to appease them. Yeah. And I, so on that, on that note, right. You have people who are timid and don't want to go on the cruises because not everybody's vaccinated. So is it better to say, well, everybody has to be vaccinated so that we can put those fears to bed, or is it better to say, do what you want Right. Because either way, you're going to alienate a group. Right. You are. And so do you make it so that the policy is so that everybody then has. It's kind of two. it's two choices. Right. So choice one is if the company goes with one policy, the choice is, do I feel safe enough with my vaccination status to go knowing that not everybody's vaccinated? And then if you go with the other policy, then it's. Well, now, do I go and get the vaccination in order to go do this experience, or do I feel that my beliefs are where they are and I'm not willing to compromise on that, and so therefore I will forfeit or sacrifice this entertainment experience? So you either have a group of people who say, well, I'm not comfortable going on this, so I'm going to forfeit this entertainment experience, or a group of people saying, well, these are my personal rights and beliefs, so I'm not going to have this entertainment experience. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to counter this with, with, with a super generic analogy here. Does everybody that goes to a water park swim? Hmm. No. And it comes down, it comes down well, lots to... Lots of sitting chairs. Uh, it comes down to you take care of yourself. If you can't swim, you don't go in the deep end. You would be right to say that, but I also have lots of Florida man articles that would prove. Correct. I, I, I understand, <laughs> but I mean, but, but, but I, I think it's kind of the same thing. You're taking, you're taking the way personal responsibility at this point. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've said that, you know, I, I mean, I, I still have to wear a mask all day, every day. And I'm, I do as well. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, at this point, I'm done wearing but I'm going to keep doing it. You know, I'm me personally in my mind. I'm like, I'm sick of wearing this thing. At this point, I've made the personal decisions to make myself and my family as safe as possible. And if other people are not making those same decisions, well, those are the decisions they've made. So my decision should not impact them and their decision should not impact me. We should be able to choose our way forward. But again, to your point, it, we're just kind of making it up as we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. first it was, if you get vaccinated, you can take your mask off. Well, now it's, well, wait a minute. Now you got to get 
a booster, but you still got to have a mask on. But now I need to be quadruple masking or triple shotting or. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to sound like a Starbucks order. I'll take a triple. I'll take a triple shot, double mask, venti macchiato. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on before my blood pressure, you know, makes my head explode. Uh, the bottom line is it is the policy. Is it subject to change? Yes. Will it change? I don't know. Can you hope yeah. it changes? Yes, you can. But oh yeah. If you and your family want to go on the cruise, you have to prepare for whatever the So so here here would be here would be my question on, on top of this, because and this is something that I know you probably don't have an answer to, but but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. There are thousands of people that have had cruises canceled over the last year from March of 2020 to July of 2021 anybody that had a cruise scheduled had that cruise canceled and took a cruise credit now that taking a refund you chose to take a cruise credit because correct correct but at that time there were no mandates on how you had to cruise yeah is there a way out for people that do not want to get vaccinated that now have this cruise credit that needs to be used by September of next year so I don't, I, this is speculation. So 100% disclaimer that this is speculation. I do not know the actual policy on this, but I would speculate that if you have a, if you, if you are obligated to use this cruise credit, but you are not comfortable with the policies and therefore, so that would mean in this case that you do not want your self or your child or whoever to get vaccinated you would have a pretty strong leg to stand on to contact Disney Cruise Lines. And again, don't know the policy, haven't had any clients do this, so I am speculating, but I would have to imagine that a conversation could and would take place to do one of two things, extend the cruise credits out, maybe not indefinitely, but longer, or retroactively roll back to the original cruise cost and take that refund. Yeah. So I, I, again, speaking, speaking on a standpoint of a travel agent that works with Disney properties exclusively, I don't, you know, I help friends occasionally book things to, oh, you want to go to Cedar Point for a week? Yeah, let me help you out. Oh, you want to go to Universal? Sure. Here's how you do it. Um, but I sell Disney properties. That's all I do. We've gone over that on this show before. Um Knowing enough experiences with Disney, I have to imagine that one of those two conversations would would be able to be broached and walked down with a cast member. If you are a viewer and you have a crew scheduled and you do not want to get vaccinated for personal beliefs, reasons, whatever you have, um, and you were to call about that, I have to imagine either the credits would extend or there would be a backtracking option available. So perhaps I will research that. And the next time I'm on the show, hopefully a week from today, then maybe I can answer that definitively uh, with this new update. But, but you know, as well as I do, Matt, that what I'm saying sounds logical based on Disney's. It it does. It does. I just, you know, with the wording that they've put in this credit and everything, you know, it was a question that I wanted to ask you because they they make it very well known that you need to use this credit 
by this time and it is at this point non-refundable anymore i mean we know as on the travel side agents have already been paid out commission on people that have taken this credit yes i've had a whole lot of adventure with your commission yeah so <laughs> never so, yeah. end mission adventure <laughs> so yeah so uh, like four times so so let's move on uh, let's move on to annual passes annual passes um on sunday disney kind of buries this news sunday night that they are going to pause <clears throat> annual pass sales uh temporarily um but they're gonna let people continue to renew and add as kids get over three within their household that kind of stuff their annual passes um, and then today they came out with reduced rates for renewal of those annual passes. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to start kind of with my take on this because, you know, this is a weird timing with it happening right before the holidays with people, you know, like last minute booking Christmas trips and, you know, Disney being in peak season right now is Disney trying to squeeze every dollar that they can out of the one time or one time a year guest and not try and get that $1,400 a person out of state for an annual pass? No, I think the exact opposite. So here's what I'm seeing right now. If you look at the week be so um, basically from like December 22nd through January 1st, approximately I'm, I'm just quoting from what I last remember reading, because I did have a client come to me about a week ago and say, we're interested in a Christmas this year trip where we would go basically like the 20th up to the 25th and fly home on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas um, or spring break. And so I, I, I recently been on the availability cal calendar just before Disney made this release. Magic Kingdom is booked, 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 booked from like the 22nd through the second booked every day full. Um, and other parks are starting to fall as well because as magic kingdom goes, then of course, next to slide would be Hollywood studios. After that, Epcot and animal kingdom, kind of a toss up, right? Yeah. Um, so I think here's what you got, because if you then go on the annual pass site, there were still some availabilities that were not available on the hotel, the resort guests yeah, and all of that stuff. So here's what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is, so first of all, you can still buy a brand new annual pass. The only one you can buy is the lowest level one, which is blacked out pretty much every weekend and all the peak seasons like April, um, October, December, all of that. So you can still buy a brand new one, whatever that one's called, like the, the Florida Dust Gator Pass. Pass or whatever it is, because yeah, you have to be a Florida Pass. resident. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the Sunshine Pass or something like that. Whatever that lowest tier is, you can still come on board with that. Um, in terms of the renewals, I think Disney wants to make sure that their annual pass program stays as strong as it currently is by dropping the rate to entice renewal. That makes a lot of sense because in the last 18 months, their number of annual pass holders tanked, right? And mm -hmm. and with their policies of not allowing, like, for example, me to repurchase for the longest time, um, the number of pass holders just absolutely tanked. And kind of like what you said, Disney does need those 
thousand dollar expenditures of people who are going to go regularly and just quick little influxes of cash. Um, they need that base. But here's what I'm thinking and why the timing. They did it the weekend before Thanksgiving because how many resort guests do they know because they have access to all of this stuff, haven't booked park passes? Whether it's through a non-knowledgeable travel agent or uh, a non-knowledgeable client or you know who booked yeah, directly yeah. through a website or Disney or whatever, how many resort guests do they have that straight up don't have park passes booked yet. And because they would have that knowledge. And then on top of that, you know, it's, it's not the one times because you can't go on and buy a ticket to magic kingdom on the 20th, you know, you, you can't. So that's going to pop up as an invalid ticket sale. So it's not like they're pushing away the $1,200 expense for the $150 person. I think it's they've got to take care of what's already coming and they're worried about. So how, you know, would it be for me, a Sorcerer Pass member to all of a sudden go, oh, I want to go down for Christmas now. I'm going to upgrade my pass and now I can book over the December months. And now I just took that spot away from a resort guest that's already, you know, paid the 45, 5,000 more dollars. So I, I look at it that way. When I heard the news, I goes, okay, that makes sense. And they'll come back available in January. So you think it's, it's very much for crowd control over the holidays and, and not much else. I, I do. I don't, I don't think, I think looking at what they have, they're looking at what they would like to keep their capacity levels at and um, think that's going to be challenged. And so versus leaving annual passes out there where people could sort of back gate their way in, right? Because yeah. if I buy an annual pass, grab an Epcot reservation, and then try to come over to Magic Kingdom at two, like I had already talked to that client about, hey, uh, so bad news about Magic Kingdom, but what we could do is book other parks, get you a park hopper, and hopefully at two o'clock it's not full. Yeah. And then like I had already talked about, like this would be our back door. So how many other people would have figured that out? You know, like I figured it out pretty quickly. Like there's this little back door that we could potentially get you into magic kingdom over the, you know, the Christmas week. Um, so I, that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as a long pause. I look at it as, Hey guys, we can't sell any more of these for the next month because we're already going to be overwhelmed because our crowd levels are back where they were and we've got to make sure that we do this right because could you imagine spending five thousand dollars not knowing about the park pass system especially because they've just started allowing international travelers back again and but but when you purchase those tickets it, it is it is prompting you to make sure you make your park pass reservations this it, it it's not like it's a yes matt but i teach high schoolers system. yes matt i teach high schoolers and <laughs> i can tell you that i stand up front and tell them six times exactly what they're supposed to be doing and 5 minutes into the activity i get a hand up and the kid goes what am i supposed to be doing like and again i will use once again the florida man 
Okay, like I just I, I have to bite I, my lip, dude. I get I, I get what you're saying. I like I know I know it pops up everywhere. It's like make sure you have park pass reservation. Make sure you have park pass reservation. Did you make park pass? How many people just click close, close, close? I'm just trying to get this done. Close. Yeah, when you go into when you go into Disney Genie, it says you don't have a park pass reservation for this day. Right, and so if those people are now going on and starting to plan, or there are some hotels that have availability still. And so if I book right now and then I find out I can't have Magic Kingdom, that's I, that's just – I think that's why it was done. The, just, okay. the bottom line is I think they'll be back. Middle of right January. Roll, yeah, yeah, right when we roll into the next year. And I could be wrong, right? We could be talking mid-January going, I don't know when annual passes are coming back. Yeah, we're still talking about – we don't know when the dining plan is going to be back. And they announced that three, three months ago. I know. I I thought for sure I'd be putting it on 2022 reservations by now. You All know? right, Peter. Where can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, Facebook. If you search uh, Princesses in the Mouse Travel, Facebook's a great way to find me originally and, um, you know, shoot me a message through Messenger. Um, uh, SelvaDisney at gmail.com is a great way to shoot me an email. Um, our website, Princess in the Mouse Travel, um, you can find us linked into all the DPI stuff. As you know, Matt and I work very close hand in hand on our Disney stuff and um, trying to make make Disney dreams as magical as possible to take all the legwork out of you so that the frustrations that we explain on this show don't happen to you. So, <laughs> so um, all of those places are absolutely great. But ultimately, if you need help, I'd be happy to talk to you and um, and get you all the ins and outs. Of, of what it's going to take to make this this Disney dream a, a reality. So whether whether it's a big budget that involves five digits or a small budget that wants to have a two or a three in front of it, um, we can we can see what we can do because I've been I've been to a lot of them and I do I have a lot of knowledge. It's always my thing when people are like, oh yeah, I had this former Disney travel agent. I go, well, when's the last time they went to Disney? They're like, oh, I didn't ask that. Well, that would be the first question I would ask, right? <laughs> If I'm going to have a Disney travel agent, my first question would be, when was the last time you went to Disney World? And if they can't give you an immediate answer that's within the last no more than two to three years, boy, there's a Lots lot changed. of stuff that happens every week, as this podcast proves, um, let, a, let alone two to three years ago, you know? All oh, right. My tour story land? Oh, got it. Okay. How's yeah. Galaxy's Edge and Pandora? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on, man. Hopefully we can get together and, and do this live next week. Uh, have a good night, man. All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, okay. So apparently that screen didn't want to work for me. Not a big deal. Um, that was Peter with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel. Like he said, you can get in touch with them on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel uh, on Facebook. Or you can do it through uh, the Disney Planning Insights page at DPI Podcast. Um, while we were on there, a few people liked the stream. Shan, thanks for your like. Let's uh, play your sounder here. Thank you much. Uh, Mom, thank you for the like. Brenda, thank you for the like down in Texas, if you're still down in Texas. Um with with family down there tonight thank you all for the like tonight um not a whole lot past that you know i just really wanted to recap that conversation that i had with 
with Peter, um, and really, other other than just kind of me stumbling over that analogy, and, and, and really what I wanted to say was, you know, not everybody that goes to a water park knows how to swim. It's about protecting yourself, and, and the company putting in the safeguards to protect themselves as needed. They're not going to sit there and teach you how to swim. They're not going to make you show a certificate that you've learned how to swim. They're going to expect that if you don't know how to swim, you're not going to jump in the deep end. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I was going with that analogy, but past that, you know, really good conversation with Peter with princesses in the mouse, Disney travel. Um, again, you can get in touch with him over on Facebook at P A T M Disney travel. Um, that's about it for the show. Long show tonight. Um, had about a half hour conversation with Peter. So we really wanted to make sure that we got that in there. Uh, I'm going to get into the outro. That way you guys can get on with your day. Thanks for watching tonight. until the new year and we move over to Utah YouTube thanks for watching listening and everything you do we will see you next week